The following is message number one of a Southeast Blending Conference held in Atlanta, Georgia, on the evening of March 29, 2019. The title of the message is The Overcoming Christ, Producing Overcomers to Consummate the Divine Economy. And the speaker is Brother Ron Kengis. I think my recall is correct that I began coming here for this blending conference in 1996 or 1997. But every time it's new, it's fresh, it's living, it's vital. And every time I see you, you are more dear to me than ever before. It's just so good to be together. I want to take some time in the beginning to uh, unpack or explain the general subject. And in so doing, you don't have to worry about this. You let me in the body take care of this. We need to shut the mouth of the enemy and tell him to go jump in the lake, like the lake of fire. Because he very much hates what we are about to release. And he will often would attack our minds and inject thoughts saying, this is not for you. This is for the super saints. This is for the heroes. Well, he's a liar. There are no super saints. There are no heroes. There's just us ordinary brothers and sisters. Okay? So this is a word that the Lord is burdened to release for us. Where we are in our life with the Lord. And as we are right now. His way is to come to us where we are with his shepherding heart and ministering spirit and to supply us and fill us and then to bring us step by step onward until we fulfill his purpose. Living an overcoming life. Not right now being a person, we saying that, will you be an overcomer? And I appreciate the hymn is calling us to make a choice, not to make a promise. Lord, I promise from now on I will be victorious in every situation. There will never be a thought, a word, a reaction. No, no. The line says, will you be an overcomer, though you know not how? But only we can make the choice. Again, not a promise. This Lord, I choose to become an overcomer. And we use this word to denote someone who by the Lord's grace is victorious in his human life and Christian life where he or she may be, whatever the situation is, there will be the supply to be a conqueror in that situation. 
This is emphasized in the verses we read from 1 John. But then there is the aspect of overcoming in the context of the church life to do two things. One is to be victorious over any negative thing the enemy tries to bring into the church or into their recovery. And the positive aspect is what we would emphasize. It is fulfilling God's purpose and the desire of his heart to build up the church as the body of Christ and prepare her to be his bride. And then we live this overcoming life in the recovered church. And we will address this tomorrow. But in Revelation 2 and 3, the Lord speaks to seven churches that were in Asia. They were actual local churches to which he was speaking. But we need to realize that this speaking is in a book that is prophetic by nature. So his speaking to those seven churches is, was also a prophecy of the development in history from beginning unto the end. So the seven churches represent stages of the church outwardly that became the Roman Catholic Church, there's the Protestant denominations, there was the brethren in the UK being used by the Lord. The Lord couldn't get through in the United States or in Europe, so he went to China to have a fresh beginning there and to release marvelous recovery truths there. And then the Lord in the sovereignty brought that recovery here. And among those seven churches, the church in Philadelphia is the church in which the Lord finds no fault. And the church in Philadelphia is what the name indicates, a church full of love for the brothers. And in biblical terminology, all male and females are believers are brothers. And all male and female believers will be the bride. So the Lord equalizes the matter. So the brothers includes the sisters and the bride includes the brothers. And we will see, the Lord says, you only have a little strength. You're not giants. You have a little strength. But you love one another. You are all brothers. There is no hierarchy, no clergy laity system. You're all on the same level. No one is inferior. No one is superior. There's no such thing. And you keep my word. You treasure my word. And you honor my name. You do not deny my name. So because the Lord in history needed to recover what was lost and damaged over more than 1,500 years. 
we use the term recovered church to denote the local churches meeting in the one, on the ground of the oneness of the body, being simple, ordinary believers living a human life outwardly and practically, but also living the church life in a very vital way. Then in that church life, the life of the recovered church, the Lord is producing overcomers in the way we briefly described. And they do something and they become something unprecedented in Christian history. They will consummate the divine economy. And I'll define that in a little while, what we mean by that. And they will become the new Jerusalem. But a little word, just to open this up, especially for any for whom this kind of terminology is new. The Bible ends with an astounding revelation given to the Apostle John, who, by the way, I'm encouraged by this, he only really got going in his ministry in his 90s. Okay? So he's like Caleb. He's still worthy of victorious battle when he's 85. He's as strong as he was when he's 40. And this may be hard for the young'uns to believe, but some of us that have left young adulthood and left middle age a long time ago, we're getting newer, fresher, more vital and stronger than we've ever been before. Amen. Am I right, my brother? Amen. Yes. And so he's on this rocky island, Greek island, not on a holiday. He, he was sentenced there and probably to hard labor. But he, the Lord appeared to him and revelation was given to him. And the, the ultimate one, the angel said, come here, John. I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Amen. So John said, I was carried away in spirit onto a high mountain. Okay, remember, the angel said, you will see a, a person. You will see the bride, the wife of the lamb. Then we're told what John saw. He said, I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So let's be a little bit logical here. Put together bride and wife with city, that indicates the city is not a metropolis like Atlanta. The New Jerusalem is a person. And those learning from the Lord to live an overcoming life in the recovered church are becoming the New Jerusalem now. And we will see this fully, the Lord willing, on the Lord's Day morning. Now, a little further encouraging word about an overcomer. And then we'll go through the outline and emphasize certain matters. 
I really have it in my heart to look to the Lord and to be one with him, to be a vessel through whom he can flow, to cause you to realize this word is for you. There, there are no heroes. There are no super spiritual persons. The overcomers are not some kind of spectacular breed of believers. And we know our history. We know to a certain extent our weaknesses. The enemy assaults us and gives us the thought, you might as well settle for outer darkness, okay? You're not going to make it. You'll be in the New Jerusalem. Well, I'm not going to concentrate on him, but from time to time, I'm going to tell him to shut his lying mouth. Amen. The Lord came into the world to save sinners. That's all there is. There's no exception. That's all there is. And so by his mercy and grace, we, were, we heard the gospel in whatever context we were in. We believed, we received him, we called on him, we were born of him. A good number of us came under the influence and the supply of the ministry of the age, so we learned what consecration is, and we willingly gave our lives to him, absolutely. Then we learned that there is the recovery of the church life, and these are not perfect churches because they're composed of people like us, but they're real and they're practical and they're here and they're enterable and we're in one of these. And here the Lord has on the earth the greatest amount of opening to what he wants to do. And I just spontaneously have this sense to point out based upon a message Brother Nee gave. The Lord in his earthly ministry responded to the requests of two ambitious apostles to be at his right hand and on the left. And then he went on to say, he who is great among you should be the least. He should serve. Then he said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was his serving in the past. Then he resurrected and ascended. And now in his heavenly ministry, right now, he's bearing all of us before the face of God. He's interceding for us. He's ministering himself into us. He is shepherding us. He is serving us. But then the next stage will be the kingdom. And one aspect of the kingdom is it will be the wedding feast of the Lamb. When the Lord established the Lord's table and said, everyone partake of this bread. This is my body broken for you. Drink of this cup. This is the blood of the covenant shed for you. And he said, I will not drink 
of this cup, of the fruit of this vine, until I drink it anew with you in the Father's kingdom. So there will be a meeting, a marvelous corporate Lord's table meeting, a feast. And this is what he himself said in Luke chapter 12. He said, you will come and you recline at the table. And I will come and gird myself and serve you. Serve you. And Brother Nee shared something that is so precious based upon these three aspects of his serving. Then he said, let the Lord serve you. We cannot love until we realize God loves us. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. And John, at his best in his 90s, I'm fine to say again, he said, we know and have believed the love that God has in us. And so we all need, personally, to have a fresh realization and experience. God loves us, and we love because. The verse doesn't say, we love God because he loves us. It says, we love. So now he loves us. And effortlessly, we love him. We love one another. We love all the believers, no matter what their human background is. The love develops. We love all human beings the same, no matter what outwardly their situation is. Well, the principle is the same with serving. We really don't know what it is until we let the Lord serve us. Amen. My brothers and sisters, please remember what he did the night he was betrayed when they had the Passover meal and then he established the Lord's table. He laid aside his garments and girded himself and put water into a basin and washed the disciples' feet. This is our Lord. And we prayed for an aspect of this before the meeting. For many of us, it's been another long, hard week. All kinds of human things pressing on us. If you're students, you're heading toward finals, whatever it is. And we join the Lord to pray, Lord, Wash all the saints' feet. Amen. Refresh us. And so the way, there's only one overcomer we will see in the whole universe. That is the God-man Jesus himself. Amen. He defeated Satan at every encounter. In, in the desert, after 40 days, he defeated him. On the cross, he defeated him. In resurrection and ascension, he defeated him. 
<coughs> so now he wants to reproduce himself. And anyone who's open and willing to let him work. And I want to just read one verse that I believe will be refreshing and encouraging to you. And then we'll go through the outline. Oh, in about 50 or 55 minutes. Just giving you an idea of the length of the message. In case you're expecting sermons usually are over in 20 minutes, but... We're just getting going after 20 minutes. Just listen to this. I'll read it, then I'll give you the reference. But in all these things, we more than conquer through him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. In all these things. And in human life, we're in one thing. Thing after another. Some are rather simple, some are ordinary, some are boring, some are exhausting, some are perplexing, some are heartbreaking. But, but he says, in all these things, we more than conquer. Now, my knowledge of Greek is limited. I began studying it in 1958. So, yeah, you can understand why I don't remember that much. But I checked into this more than conqueror. It seems Paul invented a word that literally means super overcome. First, he took the verb for conquer. That's nikao. The noun in Greek is nike. In English, and you may have this on your feet, it's Nike. <laughs> right? Nike means conqueror. So if you have Nike shoes on, you're already clad a little bit. <laughs> but Paul didn't say we conquer. He added a little prefix, uper, which means super. Well, we want to make sense in English, so we say more than overcome. So Paul is not saying, hold on, hang in there, you'll barely make it. You'll, 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 you'll barely make it in the end. Just hold on. No. He's not saying... Uh, be encouraged, you will conquer. He says, you will more than conquer. Amen. Then he says, through him. Through him. Through a person. The person is the means. Because he is the overcomer. He's the means. You're not trying yourself to conquer this. I received an email today from a co-worker, dear brother, who wanted so much to be here. But he knew I was aware of the situation he and his wife and their oldest daughter was facing. She's been suffering for decades. 
as far as her health is concerned, and had some major surgery. And he said, the wounds, the, the surgical wounds are becoming a real problem was last night. He had to stay back to care for her and maybe take her to the hospital. <coughs> so he, his daughter, his wife are in this thing. But our brother and his wife and his daughter will more than overcome. Because the brother has been learning, it's not what I can do. I'm going to tough it out. I'm a man. Real men are victors. This is machismo. This is not divine grace. But everything is focused on a person. The victorious, resurrected, and ascended Christ. Okay, it's through him, the person. But what does Paul mention? Through him who loved us. There is a direct connection between being victorious in our Christian life, wherever we are, humanly, spiritually, and in the church life, and realizing the Lord's love for us through him who loved us. And so we can now, I feel the peace, I can come to the outline itself because I believe now the spirit of reality will operate to indicate to us this is for you and this message is for me. I'm speaking, but actually I'm speaking it inwardly to myself. I need this word as much as anybody else. So here we go. The title, The Overcoming Christ Producing Overcomers Amen. to consummate the divine economy. There's a full definition in point two, but I'll give a brief definition now. The English word economy comes from the Greek word oikonomia. Oikonomia. Oikos is house, nomos is law. So literally, it's the law of the house, but it is God's plan and arrangement to dispense himself into us in Christ as the spirit to be our life and life supply to make us his expression corporately. So in God's economy, there's an arrangement And once this arrangement is accepted, then he can do the dispensing. We all know, probably all of us know, the Lord was ministering to a huge throng of people, thousands, 5,000 men, plus women and children. It seems always the females outnumber the males a little bit, and the children... They had no food. And I won't go into the details. The Lord had a way to bless the loaves and fishes and feed them. But first he made an arrangement. Then he directed the apostles, have them sit on the grass in groups of 50 
and a hundred. Maybe a kind of indicator of what a district is. And so you need to accept the district you're in. You can see all my buddies are over there, but I'm here. Well, if you want to be fed, you need to accept the arrangement. <clears throat> then the Lord gave the bread to the 12 apostles. So here you are in Peter's group, and you say this. And this is an old-fashioned word, but it's in, this man is cool. He's so direct and so straightforward. We're happy to be in his group. Someone else says, oh, we're in John, deep, mystical John. I'm just glad. And someone else says, yeah, I'm with this guy named Judas. I just get bad vibes from him. I don't want to be here. Well, eventually you accept the arrangement. Now, I remember, I don't know if you were in the training when I brought this to the trainees, Sveta. But I explained, we had, the Lord is an arrangement for all of us all the time. Okay, it's incredible. And in that situation, if we can be at peace in that arrangement, we get the dispensing. And so the trainees went out rejoicing because they had now decided we will accept God's arrangement. But inwardly, I'm chuckling, not in a cynical way. I'm just chuckling. I said, I know what's ahead of you. I know what's coming. So we came back a week later, and I asked them, uh, how's it going with this accepting the arrangement like with the 10 others in your house and the kind of food you're getting in the cafeteria and your roommate and your gospel partner and this and that? And then they had to admit in their characteristic honesty, we're not doing well in this. Then I could say to them, welcome to the human race. <laughs> None of us is good at this. You know, I mentioned this from time to time to maybe set the brothers and sisters at ease when they're about to enter into a courtship. I advise the brothers, there's a divinely human way <clears throat> to start a courtship with the sister. But please don't follow Jacob's pattern. How did he begin? He saw this incredibly beautiful woman. So he goes up to her, kisses her, and starts crying. <laughs> Brothers, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Jacob is willing to pay the price, working seven years to receive Rachel as his wife. And I don't know how this happened, but he woke up in the tent in the morning and there's no Rachel. But Leah was there. And according to what I read in Genesis, there's no account that Jacob knelt down before the Lord, raised his hands in praise, and said, all Leah's work together for good. And so the Lord knows only by his grace can we accept the actuality of the situation we're in. 
doesn't mean we have to agree with it. If it's a deep suffering, it doesn't mean we have to like it. It means we realize, although we don't understand what's going on, we're under the Lord's sovereign hand, and then the supply comes. Okay, one, God wants to end this age. That's the age of grace, the age of the church. And bring in the age of the kingdom. He wants to do this. The Lord wants to come to the earth as king in glory and claim his inheritance of the whole earth. And to reign over the whole earth from Jerusalem with his co-kings assigned to cities and nations all over the earth. And that will entail eliminating two things, human government and money. I'm looking forward to, oh, no more human government. I wish there were a law passed by the Congress and House of Representatives <clears throat> and endorsed by the president that says in an election year, no one can say anything until 4th of July. No one can announce themselves as a candidate. No one can go on TV. And at least we only have to put up with this for four months. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the day when I can leave my American Express card at home because there's no money and the human government is gone and now the kingdom of God has come to the earth. Finally, there is righteousness. Finally, there is justice. Finally, there is peace on the earth. God wants to do this. For this great dispensational move, dispensational means a change in the age, God must have the overcomers as his dispensational instrument to consummate the divine economy. They must have victorious believers who can work with him to do this. And he's calling for this. It's obvious I'm not humanly young, but I'm filled with hope of being raptured still. Amen. And I believe many of us will be here. This means we will be that dispensational instrument along with others. Then I can just read the definition of economy. It explains itself, and you may want to ponder this. At a later time, the economy of God is that God became flesh, passed through human living, died, resurrected, and became the life-giving spirit to enter into us as life and dispense God into us that we may be transformed for the producing of the church, which is the body of Christ, the house of God, the kingdom of God, and the counterpart of Christ, the ultimate 
aggregate of which is the new Jerusalem. So we're in the age of the church. It has these four aspects. The body of Christ, the house of God, the kingdom of God, and the counterpart of Christ. And those that are the overcomers in the recovered church to consummate this divine economy will be the bride when the Lord comes. And will be with him during the kingdom age. Romans 3, in the writings of the Apostle John, we have a revelation of the overcoming Christ. So our focus is on him. Then we have the verses that show how this overcoming Christ becomes real to us. This is John in his 90s. He's got at least 60 years of experience. He's been through all kinds of things. It was he and his brother who asked to be at the Lord's right hand and on his left. The Lord told him, I cannot give you this. It's not up to me. Then he asked them, will you drink of my cup? Will you be baptized with my baptism? And they said, yes, we will. And he said, you will be. And a few years later, the brother James was martyred. One of the apostles was martyred. Then Peter was imprisoned. He lived through so many things. The death of the apostles, of Paul, of Peter. So many things. But now... But the nature of his ministry, it's a mending ministry. So it comes in at the end. He's able to speak out of real experience. So he says these things. So he writes the Gospel of John. And he's quoting the Lord Jesus. These things I have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. He doesn't expect us to have peace in ourselves, in our situation. Our, we can't do this. None of us can do this. The anxiety takes over. But in him, we have peace. In the world, you have affliction. And John uses a Greek word, cosmos, for world. And he's not referring just to the earth with all the people. He's referring to Satan's systematizing every aspect of human life in order to usurp and control us. So he knows we need food. Food is a world. We need health care. Health care is a world. You may say, I'm not going to see a doctor or go to a hospital. Okay, then you don't want to be part of the medical world. Then you go to alternative medicines. You'll be part of the alternative message world. Education, everything. And behind that is Satan. 1 John 5, 19. The apostle says the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. You will have affliction. The Lord is very honest. 
you be one with me and follow me, you will have affliction. Sometimes when I'm speaking to young people, addressing them just where they are, not where I am, where they are, about consecration. That is about presenting yourself, spirit, soul, and body to the Lord for him to work in you and on you and for him to direct your steps. And I think I understand your thinking, I tell them. You think if I consecrate to myself, suffering and difficulties will happen to me. So with young people, you better be direct and transparent. So I say, yes. If you consecrate yourself to the Lord, sufferings and difficulties will happen to you. But if you do not consecrate to the Lord, sufferings and difficult will happen to you because you have to be living on the earth right now. And so you will have affliction, but take courage. I have overcome the world. I have. In this verse, the world refers to the physical realm and me refers to the divine and mystical realm of the pneumatic Christ. Divine, we understand. Mystical here means a reality that is beyond the physical senses. You can't substantiate it. You can't touch it, hear it, smell it, see it, hear it. No. And it's beyond the human mind to grasp, but it is a higher reality. That's mystical. And this realm is the resurrected Christ. To, through faith and baptism, we have entered into an organic union with the overcoming Christ. Okay? Have you not received faith to believe in the Lord? Have you not been baptized? You have been baptized according to the New Testament pattern. You're immersed in water. We bury you. Then we raise you up. Then right now, no matter what you feel, you are in an organic union with the overcoming Christ. Amen. Right now. No matter what's going on in the physical aspect, in the psychological aspect, with your finances or anything, the Overcoming Christ is in your spirit right now. Amen. Then we go on. B. Everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. Uh, if John 3, 6 is there, it shouldn't be there. Uh, you attribute that to me for not deleting that. Everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. It doesn't say everyone. So what's the thing? We have the answer in one and two. The regenerated spirit of the regenerated believer overcomes the world. So we cannot overcome by a will or to say, I'm a survivor. This is my identity. I'm a tough guy. I survive. I've gotten through everything. Well, you don't know what's coming. It's not a matter of whether or not we break. It's when we break. We all have that point. Okay? 
This is our nature. But our regenerated spirit is indwelt by the resurrected, overcoming Christ. And our spirit, as an organ, overcomes the world. The believer's divine birth, this is too, with the divine life, is the basic factor for such a victorious living. So what is the basic thing we need to do? And that is to come back to our spirit. This through the years, I had, I would say, both the honor and the responsibility to be side by side with saints undergoing heart-rending suffering. This heart-rendering. Then we learn, what can we say? What, what can we say? But if we can be with them in our spirit and allow the Lord to flow and gently help them do the one best thing, just be in the spirit. Be in that part of you that overcomes. Your soul is overwhelmed. If it were not, you're not human. That's why Paul, when he wrote to the church in Thessalonica, new believers, he had to address their concerns about saints that, that died. They passed, they passed away. And these were young believers. They were shaken. And then Paul ministered to them. He called them, they are still in Christ. And then he said this, we do not grieve as the unbelievers grieve. He didn't say we don't grieve. We, we are conquerors. We're super. We're human. We grieve. We weep. But not as unbelievers do. Even the tears underlying them is faith. There is hope. There's the realization. My dear mother went. I don't agree with what the hospitals did. It didn't do. But one thing, two things I know. And I'm speaking for all of us. She is with the Lord right now. Amen. And we will meet again in resurrection. Amen. But we don't have to suppress our normal human feelings. But there's a part of us, our mingled spirit, that cannot be shaken, that cannot be touched by the enemy. And simply being in our spirit is an overcoming action. See, this is the victory which overcomes the world, our faith. Even our implies it's a corporate matter. It's a faith that we, we have together and that we help one another. The regenerated believers have the capacity of the divine life to overcome the world, the powerful satanic world system. 
I believe it's accurate to say that in the last 10 or 12 years, more degradation has taken place in this country than any period in my life. Wouldn't you say this? I'm not blaming anyone in particular. It's just a fact. And it will worsen until the Lord's word is fulfilled when he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. But we have the faith to overcome the satanic world system. Amen. Young sister, you may be 16 in a public high school, participating in so many normal things that teenagers do. You wear clothes that are just normal for a girl your age. You don't have to wear a strange trainee uniform. You do that voluntarily for two years when you decide to put it on. But you can overcome the satanic world system that is manifested in your school and among your peers. Two says, our faith brings us into an organic union with the triune God and believes that Jesus is the Son of God so that we may be begotten of God and have the divine life by which we are enabled to overcome the Satan-organized and usurped world. That's a very complicated modifier, but I decided to stay with Brother Lee's utterance. Since he said it, I'd rather not adjust it. But I know it's kind of awkward. We are enabled to overcome it. D, who is he who overcomes the world except he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. We all believe Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. This is God coming in the flesh. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Such a believer is one who has been begotten of God and has received the divine life. There's John 3.16. God gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes into him has eternal life. The divine life empowers the believer to overcome the evil world energized by Satan. So these verses show Christ has overcome. In him we have peace. And by the life dispensed into us, in our regenerated spirit, and through the faith infused into us, we overcome the satanic world system. So in order personally for me to overcome this, in recent years, you see the last 15 years, he very much shepherded my soul regarding anything political. That I will not allow my soul to be drawn into anything political. I, I, won't, I won't be for this, I won't be for that. Uh, I'm not registered as this or that. But I am registered in another government. 
That's the heavenly kingdom. And every election, I vote for the throne. Whatever the throne decides. The throne decides to put Barack Obama there. I say amen to the throne. I have no problem with this. If you put someone very different there, and we admit the present president is different than the last one, I say amen to the throne. In this way, inwardly, I can overcome the satanic political system. I, I, I can't bear, I can't bear to watch news on TV very long. You get 30 seconds of facts, the rest is opinion. Just opinion. So, in the spirit, I overcome CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ABC, CBS, without partiality, the whole system. It's all part of the world. Now we turn to two verses from Revelation directly revealing Christ. E, behold the lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has overcome. See, John's crying. That's quite serious when the last remaining apostle is crying there. Then what are, what are the rest of us supposed to do? Because no one is worthy to open the scroll. So John's crying and the angel comes and says, well, I don't know exactly what he said, but something like, stop crying. I don't think he said stop bawling. He just said, stop crying. Look. Look. The lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome. He's on the throne. So the angel says, the lion has overcome. Then John, in spirit, looks on the throne and he sees a lamb. He doesn't see a lion. So we put lion and lamb together and we have the lion lamb. One says the lion is a symbol of Christ portraying him <coughs> as a strong fighter against the enemy as prophesied in Genesis 49, 8 and 9. He's the lion. In 1 Peter 5, Peter's talking about us not being anxious, but casting our cares on the Lord. And then he says, the devil is a roaring lion prowling around to devour. So the devil's a lion. So I like to let the lion know, yes, you're a lion with a big roaring mouth. But you have been defeated by another lion. Amen. The lion Jesus. Amen. He defeated you on the cross. He's the fighter. And then, if we can continue the metaphor, then what are we as his reproduction? We're lion cubs. <laughs> yes, we're lion cubs because the overcomers will be his reproduction. Two says, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, Christ overcame and defeated the rebellious Satan 
the enemy of God. And as the redeeming lamb, he took away the sin of fallen man, thereby removing the hindrances to the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. So to us, he's not the lion. Don't be afraid to come to him. The enemy is a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a thief. He wants to rob us of our precious time. He knows we just had a failure. We, had, we failed the Lord in this matter. We feel bad that we want to come back. And then he lies to us and says, oh, you better not try to come to God. He's mad at you. He's going to deal with you. That's a lie. I come to him by the blood of the lamb. Amen. Just as I am, but through the blood of the lamb. And there I meet, not a lion, but a lamb. So, but as a lion, he's not a, he's not a lamb to the enemy. When he was about to be crucified, outwardly, he was like a lamb being led to slaughter. Have you ever been to New Zealand and you saw a, a lamb ex, exhibition? They just will do anything. If you go up to one and turn his head like this, he'll stay like this. If you want to shave him, he'll let you shave him. If you want to turn his head this way, he'll do it. So apparently, he is so weak. Well, he's dying as a lamb. So while he's dying on the cross, he's dying for us as the lamb. But while he's dying as a lamb for us, he's dying as a lion, destroying the devil. Amen. Destroying the devil, nullifying the works of the devil. Amen. Let this lion roar. Amen. So the hindrances are removed. We have a provision for us. Every day when I pray, when my wife and I pray as we're on our way to serve, we freshly pray and ask the Lord to apply his blood to us according to his evaluation of it. We have faith in your blood. We're no better in our flesh than any other time. You are our sin offering. You're our trespass offering. With you, we have the boldness to come into the Holy of Holies to contact you. Then now he applies his overcoming to us in the next point. He who overcomes, I will give to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. I'm emphasizing here, he overcame. So anyone who overcomes is Christ living again in us, his overcoming life. Here to overcome is to overcome the lukewarmness and pride of the degraded recovered church, to pay the price to buy the needed items, and to open the door so that the Lord can come in. To sit with the Lord on his throne will be a prize to the overcomer that he may participate in the Lord's authority and be a co-king with him in ruling over the earth in the coming kingdom. I wonder who will get 
Atlanta. Who will get Moscow? Who will get San Francisco, if anything is left of the city? But notice, we participate in the Lord's authority. At the end of Matthew 28, the resurrected Christ said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So no brother, co-worker, ministering brother, elder, leading brother, can claim to have any authority. I have no authority in myself. The resurrected Christ has all the authority. The overcomers participate in his authority. He shares it with us to be a co-king with him in ruling over the earth. Now we come to the last section. It's of great importance because it shows us some crucial matters on how the overcomers are produced. The overcomers are produced by the overcoming Christ as the sevenfold intensified spirit. And they are burdened for the building up of the body of Christ as the preparation of the bride of Christ. So let's first take in this thought. The overcomers are produced. No one of us can make himself or herself an overcomer. If you have any realization of what is in your flesh, the element of Satan as sin itself is in our flesh. Our body is a body of sin. It's a body of death. Our soul has been corrupted to become the self. And we know from Matthew 16, lurking behind the self is Satan, expressing himself through the human mind. So even after we're regenerated, these other parts of our being are so strong that our spirit is covered by these layers. How can we, by the power of will, overcome all this than to overcome the world system and overcome the demons and the principalities and powers and the enemy himself. This was never assigned to us. The God-man Jesus did this. The ruler of this world has been judged and cast out, destroyed. So he is the overcoming Christ. Even the hymn says, will you make this choice? Not will you promise to be. If we interpret it that way, we're setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment. But if we see the Lord is for us, he's well able to reproduce himself in us, but he won't do it if we're passive. It's sort of like a proposal at the, at the end of a courtship the brother comes, he made an arrangement how he's going to do it. He has the box, a little box with a, a metal circle with a mineral on top. 
and then he has his way, he's going to do it. It's so creative. And, then he, and he says to her sincerely, I love you. I believe the Lord has brought us together. I want to spend my whole life with you. Will you marry me? And she's like this. So he re repeats it. And she's like this. So then he puts the silver circle with the mineral on top back in the box, clicks the box shut, and says, I'll bring you home. Because passivity equals no. So we have to make the choice. But please realize, you're not promising. You're going to do this. You're going to be this. You're saying, Lord, I choose to be produced as an overcomer by you, the overcoming Christ. And you can pray that in the shower. You can pray that at a red light. It's so simple. You don't have to pray it 10 times and say, I really, really mean it. The Lord might say, I really, really heard you. No. And he's the sevenfold spirit which means he has intensified himself in such a way that he can deal with any negative thing. Nothing, nothing in your being can prevail against the sevenfold spirit. Seven lamps of fire, it will burn every negative thing. Seven eyes will infuse you with the Lord himself don't be afraid. Let him look at you with seven eyes. And the eyes are not to spy on you. They are to infuse himself. Deep communication is just with eye contact. with some of the deepest. He'd like to have eye contact with you and infuse this into you. And then an indicator that we are becoming overcomers is that we're more and more burdened for the building up of the church. And we're more and more burdened for the preparation of the bride. That's an indicator. Because in this age, this is what the overcomers need to carry out positively. And so the Lord covers. But we pray today, Lord, we pray for the growth of the body for your increase in all the members Lord we pray for the preparation of your bride Amen. that the bride would make herself ready Amen. to the overcomers overcome anything that is against Christ or replaces Christ the overcomers are for the building up of the body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem so more and more we'll have a vision the ultimate goal is the bride, the wife of the lamb, the new Jerusalem. For eternity, all the believers will be there from all the ages. We will all be transformed, glorified, perfected, matured to the uttermost. We will all be there as one corporate person. She will be so glorious, there'll have to be a new heaven and a new earth to contain her. And when the other beings see her, we know from Ephesians 1, they will praise the glory of God. 
She will be the glory of God expressed. In 1 Thessalonians 3, Paul says, the Lord will produce in us a heart that is blameless. I believe something like this will happen before the Lord comes back. Because the enemy is still in the air. He's still the adversary. So there can be contact. You would say, I want you to look at her. Look at her. The one you defiled. The one you corrupted. The one into whom you injected sin and death. What you did to her. Examine her. Do you see any defect? Any imperfection in her? You do not, because there is none. I nullified all that you did. Then I made her my duplication. And she, among other things, is my warrior wife. And now, I, I defeated you, but I want her to exercise the judgment. So I'm giving my authority to my wife to execute your defeat. What a day of shame for the enemy. Amen. I want to be there part of her. Amen. And then to be in the wedding feast. Oh, for a thousand years. One, without the overcomers, the body of Christ cannot be built up. There have to be some in the church who are allowing Christ to reproduce himself. And unless the body of Christ is built up, Christ cannot come back for his bride. So still, the prophecy buffs are saying, is this person the Antichrist? Is that person the Antichrist? I was having a question in response time, or I was responding to a question while I was ministering in Moscow, and the question was, Oh, is Barack Obama the Antichrist? Come on. He's a man who's the president. Just respect him as the president. He's not the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not coming from the United States. If you want to know where he'll come from, read the life study of Revelation. You'll get some idea. He's not coming here. So my focus is not on the outward world situation that much. That can change overnight. Oh, you know what's going to happen? I, I hope it's soon. But <clears throat> you get up early in the morning. And I hope the second thing you do is to check the news. But whatever it's first or second, okay, you turn it on. And then you read this flash. Missile fired by Hamas goes astray. Blows up the mosque. Clears the Temple Mount. Orthodox Jews are swarming on the mount, saying it's time to rebuild the temple. Yeah. It's going to happen because the overcomers will not be raptured until just before the great tribulation. So many of us, I hope all of us, will be here to see this. So if the Lord wants a ballistic missile to go off course, he can do that. But for him to get the bride ready... That takes more time and more cooperation. So he's speaking to us about it now to let you know this is on his heart and we all have the time that we need. 
no matter what your age is humanly, okay? No matter if you've been away for 27 years and then you came back to the recovery, it's not too late. The enemy will lie to you and say, yeah, 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 it's good you come back, but you really blew it. Quote this verse from Joel to the enemy. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Forget the past. The best is ahead. It's not too late. I don't care for my people this way. I don't recover them and say, sorry, it's too late. It's never too late with me. You just let me do whatever I want to do. I will do it. So I say, Lord, go ahead. Two, the building up of the body of Christ is by the overcomers produced by Christ as a sevenfold intensified spirit. Again, produced. Three, the building up of the body of Christ by the overcomers in this age is for the initial consummation of the new Jerusalem in the kingdom age and eventually for the full consummation of the new Jerusalem in the new heaven and the new earth. I cannot go into this now. Maybe in the third message a little more. But it's like the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom. The reality is now inwardly. When the Lord comes, that reality will be manifested in glory. But only the overcomers will be there. It's only in the new heaven and the new earth that the kingdom of God in its completeness will be there. The same thing will be applied to the new Jerusalem. Remember, she's the wife. And the wife has made herself ready, but it's the overcomers who are the bride. And so she will be not only the bride, the wife, she will be the new Jerusalem in the kingdom age. This is important to grasp because this means she is becoming the new Jerusalem now. This is we're becoming the kingdom now. We're becoming the bride now. And so we just want to be in this process. Just every day, the Lord would like to give us the sense, be at peace. You're in the process. I do this day by day. Just give me day at a time. Let me do today what I want to do. Just ask me to do. Lord, do today what you want to do in me and in all the saints. And this will happen. D, the Lord's promises at the end of each of the seven epistles in Revelation 2 and 3 refer both to the present enjoyment of the overcomers and to the reward given to them in the coming millennial kingdom. Here we need to see, as I'm concluding, two aspects of this. The overcomers will get the reward. So the Lord says in Ephesus, you will partake of the tree of life. To the suffering saints in Smyrna, you will receive a crown of life. To the saints in Pergamos, you will eat the hidden manna, receive a white stone. To the overcomers in Thyatira, you will see the morning star and you will rule with a rod of iron. To the overcomers in Sardis, you will be clothed in white garments 
for you walked with me in white. To the overcomers in Philadelphia, you will be a pillar in the temple of God. My name, the name of my God, the name of the new Jerusalem will be written on you. To the overcomers in Laodicea, you will sit with me on my throne. Yes, these are rewards in the kingdom. But the reward then will be based on what we are now. Do you think the overcomers don't partake of the tree of life day by day? This is a common realization. So the last two points, I think, make this clear. In order to enter into the Lord's joy and receive the Lord as our exceeding great reward in the next age, we need to gain him and faithfully enjoy him today in this age. Gain him and enjoy him. This is what the Lord wants to work out Every day assigned to us, in every situation, gain him, enjoy him. Gain him and enjoy him. We're here tonight to gain him and enjoy him. Husbands, you love your wives as Christ loved the church. You minister to her so she can gain Christ and enjoy Christ. You need a helper. It's not good for you to be alone. The Lord cares for you so you're not alone. Receive the supply from her that you can gain Christ and enjoy Christ. Little by little, day by day. Two, if we do not faithfully enjoy and experience Christ as the reality of his promises today, we will not participate in their fulfillment in the kingdom age. The principle is that what we are will become our reward. I'm glad we end right here. It's not going to help for you just to hope. I hope I get the crown. I hope I get the, this reward. I hope I'm a, a co-king. That's a good place to start. But if that hope is to be a reality... You need to present yourself to the Lord. And no one can do this for you. And turn your heart to the Lord and open your being to him day by day and say, Lord, here I am. You know where I am. You know what I need. My prayer is grow in me. Increase in me. Transform me. Renew me. Sanctify me. Build me up. Lord, make me an overcomer. Then increasingly, you will, you will realize I'm enjoying the tree of life. I'm experiencing the reigning life in the midst of this difficult situation with the kind of boss I have and the kind of environment I work in. But I experience a reigning life right here. And I will not compromise with religion. I'm eating hidden manna. I'm preparing my wedding garment, the white clothes. All of these things. So instead of just kind of dreaming, oh, I hope, 
I hope I will be there. We should just realize the Lord is right now. The Lord has allocated human life. It's one day at a time. He gives us a new start every morning. And what's on his heart is I want to reproduce myself in you. Then he may say, look, to show you I'm quite good at this. I took the worst sinner, someone breathing out murder against the believers, who dragged men and women out of their houses and brought them to trial and voted for their execution. I brought this man, Saul of Tarsus, who called himself the greatest sinner. You have not breathed out murder to anyone all week. You have not invaded anyone's house and dragged them to the church court for trial. Not, not even one time. So we can't even match him in his perversity. But he said in 1 Thessalonians 1.16, I'm such a great sinner, but the Lord showed mercy on me to be a pattern to all those who would believe. He a pattern of what? Paul is saying, my brothers and sisters, all of you that will read this epistle. Look, if the Lord can do this in me, he can do this in anybody. Amen. The Lord, there is nothing in your being, there's nothing in your life that, in, that can withstand the intensified ministry of Christ in producing overcomers. Just tell him. You want him to do it and let him do it. So I would ask you, if you're so inclined, let's just take a minute to pray with someone nearby. If you feel awkward doing this because it's a new thing, then just sit there and hear lots of noise because several hundred of us are going to pray at the same time. Then the brother will direct us, for we have about 20 minutes. We need many of you to speak one minute at a time, not only to confirm this word, but to complete this word. But let's first turn to the Lord and tell him what's in our heart and let him reproduce himself in us.